Hello everyone. So I'm sitting here on my lunch break. You've probably seen a couple of videos of me sitting here. I did a one reel a little bit ago and I am just kind of collecting my thoughts. There's so much going on right now and I just realized how much of myself I've realized over the years has been cultivated and how much of myself has been still forgotten. This is going to be a self-reflective podcast. Um, whenever you are a shy child, excuse me for my sniffiness, it is springtime and my nose is stuffy. Okay, let's get back to subject. When you are were a, sh a shy child, like I was, and when I say shy, I mean crippling shy. Like, I would cry if people looked at me in the wrong way, or I thought it was the wrong way. It was literally just them being polite. Um, or I was asked to speak or asked a question that I'd have to say something in answer to. I would have panic attacks. I had panic attacks um, most of my childhood silently. Because I was so shy, people really didn't notice the panic attacks because they would be just this inward dialogue of fear and dread and um, my imminent death. <laughs> and it would go on through the night, no matter what, um, how good the day was. Um, we could have had an amazing day with family, which we did often. I would like to preface this, that I had an amazing childhood. I had a great childhood. My parents, for what they've been through, and I would love to share their testimony sometime, raised us in a very spectacular way, considering the things that they had to overcome themselves. They purposefully raised us to know ourselves and to love ourselves and to express ourselves. And that as long as we kept trying, we could accomplish anything in life. So I wasn't verbally abused. I was disciplined, but not verbally abused. I wasn't physically abused, emotionally manipulated. I mean, my mom did, um, you know, mom guilt every once in a while, but that was like her badge of honor, you know, like I use for my sons. Excuse me. But I had a great childhood. My parents were new Christians, loved Jesus, on fire for God, and raised us such. So I knew scripture, but there was just this part of me that had this crippling fear all the time. Like it was looming over me to the point where even in the cartoon characters that I liked, like I'm a child of the 80s. So I liked Care Bear. Well, I liked um, the Rainy Time Bear and I liked Grumpy Smurf and or um, Shy Smurf. And I liked, um, cause I related to them and I, and all the, Eeyore and, um, just all the characters that were, um, very melodramatic <laughs> and sad and melancholy. And, um, I, I, I understood them, but whenever you grow up like that as an adult, it's so funny, these, 
behaviors that you learn to do when you're around certain people. Now, fast forward when I'm in my teens to my early 20s, I started breaking out of that shell because I started to realize that I had something to offer. I had something that I could give. I remember in junior high, I went into the band program, which was the beginning of I can do this. I played the flute and I played by ear most of the time. My band director, Mrs. Downing, hated it. She was like, Angela, read that music. But I learned that I had an artistic side of myself. And then I went to my freshman year. I was in band still, still crippling fear of being on the field during halftime. I would have panic attacks at school, um, just thinking about missing a step when we would march. Um, Then I so crazily auditioned for the dance team. We call it a drill team in Texas. It's kind of like the Rockettes, but more uh, dance uh, on the football field than in big show performances. And I made it. And that was another step in the direction. And I started to slowly find my voice. And as I got into my 20s, I realized I did have something to say. I had something in me that I was scared to let out for some reason I bought into this lie that I wasn't worth listening to. I wasn't um, smart enough because I wasn't a great student at all. Um, I, I, I I just wasn't. And slowly those layers started to pull away. Slowly those layers started to reveal my true self. I got married in my early 20s. I was 20 when I got married. I turned 21 a few weeks later. Had my first baby by the time I was 22. And my husband and I were on this adventure. We lived on campus when he was finishing his bachelor's degree. We did so much involved in church most of the time. And I remember one time... And we probably had been married for a couple of years and we moved back home and we were attending our church word of victory and the youth pastor, we were involved in the youth group and the youth pastor at the time, um, a few of the girls couldn't make it. I think they had a school program or something that they were um, the young teenage girls that were on the worship team and they couldn't make it. And so, um, pastor Wally, uh, was just like, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. And my husband, Ryan, At the time, he said, well, Angela can sing. And I looked at him like, oh, dear God, what are you doing? And and Wally looked at me and said, oh, you can. Well, come on up here. Why don't you try this? And I was like, no, that's okay." He goes, no, get up here. Get up here. Come on. Um, You're doing this. Uh, God told me, yes, that's a confirmation. And the Holy Spirit told me that you need to be up here. I was like, oh, gosh. okay." And, uh, you know, and of course, me being the shy a obedient child on the inside. I don't disrespect my elders. I don't talk back. I don't, um, you know, buck the system. So I, you know, begrudgingly (laughs) said, yes, okay, I will go up there. Even though I felt like I was going to throw up my toenails and I get up there 
and I lead worship for the first time without my sisters because that's what we did when we were younger. My dad is a minister and we would go to nursing homes and my dad would preach and he would lead us in hymns with the elderly in nursing homes and we would sing and we would sing with our at family gatherings and stuff. So I was always used to singing, but I was always used to being blended in with my three other sisters and my dad. So now I'm on this stage in the youth room and I'm having to just sing backup not even lead a song. I don't even think I led a song that sun, that Wednesday night. But another very big layer of my fear pulled away that day. And I started to realize how my fear worked. And I say my fear because it was just how... It was like, it was a part of me. It was my identity for the longest time. It wasn't a God-given identity. It was my fallen nature identity. And I think so many of us have those fallen nature identities, but because there's so much a part of us, it's hard to let go of it sometimes. It's hard to see past that. It's hard to see past who you were birthed to be in instead of seeing who God rebirths you into being. And that's why I believe he he stressed so much in being reborn. When he was talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus about um, salvation, he was like, and Nicodemus told him, is like, am I supposed to go back to my mother's womb? That's impossible. You know, um, and Jesus is like, this is a spiritual rebirth. This is, but the spiritual rebirth has more of an effect on you and should have more of an effect on you than your natural rebirth. And to get that in our mind, that you don't have to be who you were naturally birthed as, that you have a different identity. And this identity, through the eyes of God, birthed through the salvation of Jesus, is more solid. It is truer than anything else. But it's also so very hard to see. Because we're not taught to cultivate it. We're not taught to walk it out. And there's so many people out there, and I've learned this over the years, now being 44, and a mother of grown children, being married for now 23 years that a lot of the work is personal you can't just rely on the church to help you you have to seek the Lord yourself because that's where you find those spots in your life that are too much of the natural and not enough of the supernatural because that is where you find who you really are. You find who you really are in your personal walk with the Lord. Those daily moments of setting aside time in your thoughts and in your just act, daily actions. Whether it's just the first moment you get up to in your shower to being you know, washing dishes or going to the grocery store, those little moments in your decision-making, how you interact with people to involve the Lord in all of those aspects 
so that you can find who you are. Because the closer you are to him, the closer you are to your true self. And that is the truth. I've learned that so many times whenever I am neglectful of my relationship with the Lord and I allow the earthly things to take place um, with him, um, instead of him, spending time with him, I find myself reverting back to my natural state a fear, fear of rejection, fear of um, not having a place, fear of not belonging and messing up. But the closer I am with the Lord, the closer I am to freedom that even if I mess up, I'm okay. I'll learn. I'll ask for forgiveness if I have to. I'll, you know, give myself more mercy and more grace because I am learning. And it's okay to stumble. It's okay to falter because God's there to catch you and to teach you in all of that. The little fears that I, you know what, they weren't little fears. They were, they were big. It was like climbing a mountain in my life for so many years. But those fears that I held on to, excuse me, as part of my identity, really revealed how much the enemy doesn't want us to be vocal of, of our fears, of our failings, of our misguided attempts of humanity. Because when we do that, when we actually acknowledge that we aren't perfect, when we actually acknowledge that we need grace and we need mercy, we show other people that they can extend it to themselves and to others. And the enemy doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to live very hard-hearted towards ourselves, which will in turn make us hard-hearted towards others. That's a very dangerous road to be on because Jesus has forgiven us so much. So much. And to truly receive Jesus is to receive forgiveness of ourselves and the forgiveness of others. So, as I'm sitting here on my lunch break, <laughs> I realize how far I've come how far I plan to go with my everyday walk with Jesus. Not allowing the enemy to rob me of fearful complacency in to I don't want to live like that anymore. So my prayer is I ask the Lord to reveal those spots when I'm being that person, when I'm reverting back to that natural state, when I'm keeping him at arm's length because I'm scared of failure or I'm scared of what he might actually show me. 
and I welcome the correction. I welcome his mercy and his grace to guide me through the learning process of fully walking in him. I have brought up the scripture, John 17, so many times. I love this scripture. I love these last moments of Christ's walk on earth as a natural man because his last moments of thoughts were about us. To the moment where he gave up his spirit, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that's my prayer constantly for myself. Father, forgive me because I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. Help me to see where I need to correct myself. And help me to be quick to repent, to not hold grudges, to not live in resentment. To take moments for myself to spend time with you because I know I need it. I know I need to be in your presence. I know I need to be one with you as you and Jesus were one. That's the only way I can stay heightened in my spiritual giftings. It's the only way that I can control my tongue because I want to choose life. I don't want to choose death. I want to speak life over my marriage. I want to speak life over my children, my grandchildren, my parents, my sisters, all those who have hurt me and have betrayed me. And I, and even the moments that I've betrayed myself and I've gone back on my word so many times and I've lied and I've manipula- manipulated in order to look a certain way in the eyes of people people that I shouldn't be living for. I should be living for you, Lord. This is my learning method, experience, revelation, all the above. (laughs) Sitting here in the back of my truck, you can hear the birds feel the breeze. It's a beautiful day. It's gorgeous. Even though the storms have come through. It's peaceful. I'm taking this moment to tell you all that overcoming your natural sin, nature, whatever it may be, shame, addiction, condemnation bad thoughts perverted thoughts you can overcome them just takes one step closer to the Lord one step closer reading his word spending time in his word taking a moment to pause and not be consumed with all the list and chores and to do's and or even your relevancy online or in your family's minds or how you think they perceive you. I talk about something that consumes my thoughts is how do people perceive me? What does it matter? If you're living the way God wants you to live, then it doesn't matter because everybody's view of you is going to be skewed in the direction that is altered by their own life. And since you can't control their life, How are you going to control how they think about you? 
So don't. Don't do that. Don't dwell on that. That'll rob you of precious time you could be spending with the Lord who gives peace and wisdom generously. Peace that passes all understanding. And helps peel back the layers of our natural self to reveal reveal a beautiful spiritual being that it was created in the image of him. One day our flesh is going to be completely glorified. But that's not today. So what we have to do is focus on the spiritual aspect. God said we must worship him in spirit and in truth, not flesh, spirit, and truth, not emotions, flesh, and truth, not culture, truth, but spirit and in truth. I feel the release at the end of this podcast, so I love you guys. Thank you for joining me on my lunch break. (laughs) I pray today find you good, focused on things that are lovely and pure and true. And if it's not, and it feels like, or there is actual hell, falling down all around you, whether it's in your health, your marriage, the life of children's friends, or your company, your business, or whatever, that you take this moment to lean into the arms of the Lord and allow Him to give you the wisdom and the peace to walk through the storm. Take Him by the hand and don't look at the storm, but keep walking. And know that whatever is going on, God can turn it around for the good, either through healing in this world or the next. Restoration in this world or the next. Because he loves you so much. And I love you so much. I'm going to pray for you guys and then I'm going to get off. Lord, I just thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my heart with what you've done for me. Lord, I just pray that these words will go to the hearts of those who need it, that they will find peace and they will find truth because that's where you are. You are peace. You are truth. You are good. You are everything that we need in every season that we encounter. You are faithful to change the seasons. And if you're faithful to change the seasons of this earth, you would be faithful in every season of the children that you created with your own hands and breathed your own life into. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. I pray a special blessing on everyone listening right now that they will hear your words and seek after your heart, that they won't go to the world to find answers, but they will go straight to your word, your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword that goes straight to the point and reveals the truth that we need. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his precious blood that was shed and his authority that he reclaimed when he seated himself at your right hand. Thank you for all these things. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the rainy days. Thank you for the days full of storms. Thank you for the days that are peaceful. Praise you in every single season of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.